0: Overall from the field, but he was also fifty percent from threes. He's five to ten.
1: I know you're out there.
2: It's okay. Stand back there. No, more likely, you're gonna get that number one seed, and so I want Houston to be ranked at number one.
0: What about this? Can you guys hear us? Is that? Can you hear me better now?
1: Yeah. How about that? Can you hear Andy?
0: Can can you hear me as I'm talking currently? We need your live feedback. There we go. Okay. Figured it out as we go. So like we're talking about Hunter Dickinson.
1: <laughs>
0: we're trying to figure it out as we go. So what we've been trying to repeat for the last handful of minutes, Hunter Dickinson, good as advertised, 20 points. Like Kelvin said, coming into the game, he was going to get his 20 but I think what the biggest thing that stood out to me is his calmness whenever Houston trapped them with the monster. and just really being able to kill Houston with skip passes. What did you see from Hunter Dickinson?
1: It's I'll, I'll keep yours. I think I'm good, right, everybody? I think. But it's, it's just Hunter got his – the irony is in the first half, Juan Harris, the point guard for KU, had no assists, but KJ Adams had four assists. Furby had three assists. McCuller had three assists. <laughs> Hunter had three assists. It was just, you know, one of those days, they were making tough shots. Furby was a man, five for five in the first half. He shows you why he was one of the top freshmen in the country. He was one of the top freshmen in the country. So he had a great game. The KU shot well, but they still had so many turnovers. So either they made a shot or they turned it over. The Clues couldn't get rebounds or make shots, and that's it, in that shit.
0: Yeah, it's something that we talked about, and it was just a weird game when you look at the stats. Kansas ended up with 18 turnovers. Houston only had three turnovers, and again, they ended up losing by double digits. The Cougars did, but just in terms of the shots, some of those turnovers, that does factor in when you look at the final stats, but Kansas, 45 field goals. Houston shot 69 times, so Houston had 24 more shots than Kansas, but Kansas still ended up hitting six more shots than the Houston Cougars. It was just stat it, 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 staff-wise, it looked so weird what type of game it looked. But that first-half defense for Houston gave up 43 points to the Jayhawks. That's the most points that they've given up in the first half this season at – that's really the difference in the game. It, well, even Houston's offensive struggled, even in the second half, when it looked like they were trying to make runs, like the most that they got until L.J. Cryer got fired. It's like they were to get one. Maybe they'd be able to get two baskets in a row, but that was it. Kansas did a good job of being able to shut the door. What you think about, really, that first half, that was kind of the difference when when Kansas put up 43 points.
1: First half, L.J., nobody made shots. Sure. L.J. was one for seven. Jamal was one for seven man was sharply struggling from it. So that's your three main perimeter scores. They didn't make shots. KU did what they did. They were K was rolling. So even if a rare moment, Kansas did not make a shot, the clues could not make them pay for it with a bucket. And then KU that turnover. The clues could not make them pay for it with a, with a bucket. So it came down to Houston could not make shots. KU missed a handful of times, but the clues could not make them pay for it.
0: As we're looking to see if Deion's going to join us, um, whenever you're ready, uh, Deion, just give us a thumbs up so we know to bring you in. So joining us from Lawrence, Lawrence, Kansas, Deion Dunlap. How are you doing, sir? First of all, how was that atmosphere at Adlin Fieldhouse?
2: Man, the atmosphere was great. The atmosphere was really great, and it really propelled their um, role players to shoot well. I think that the energy from the crowd the atmosphere even, even affected uh, Houston during timeouts. They were so loud. I'm sure it was hard for Houston during timeouts to hear uh, Coach Sampson inside the huddle. But overall, the atmosphere was great. Uh, I think um, in regards to all of the what people say about it, the, the um, anticipation for it, it was definitely great. I think the role players really just made shots today. You could tell how comfortable, how comfortable they were at home that really just kind of propelled them throughout this entire game.
1: And an example of that, Parker Brown, Made, I think, had made two or three threes this whole season. Made a three from top of the key. I mean, at like that made shots. And the Cougs' key players did not make shots today. So that comes down to that. And the lack of rebound, it was really a big surprise. Kansas made a point. Made a point. They were not going to let Houston beat them on the glass. And they dominated Houston for the entire first half. Cooks evened out in the second half. But the deficit was so big. At halftime, did not make a, a big dent.
2: Yeah, they got it. They was able to put a dent in it, but just being there alive, you can really tell that they got the momentum for a little bit. But they could never get string together those three or four stops. It'd be one stop, maybe two stops. They weren't able to string together three or four stops and get um get consistent offense to be able to score. I mean, LJ caught fire late in which um, it was definitely needed. He needed to step up, and he definitely did that. So I want to give him his credit. But watching that game, I was literally thinking in my head, like, damn, LJ got to step up. Because Jamal's a natural passer. Over these last games, he's been having control out of the system. And I mean, that's to his credit. He, he can do that, but today I don't think he didn't have a good game. or He had a good game, but it was just more about McCullough. I want to give him credit, too. He definitely made it tough for Jamal. His length bothered Jamal. It was tough for him when he got inside the paint to finish over his length. In the way that they loaded up Jamal to get the ball out of his hands, they really made a consistent effort to get the ball out of his hands and forced other players to step up. But I think um, in that first half, if L.J. would have came up big the way Emmanuel was making shots, I think it would have been a close game. He came up late. and But overall, man, it, it was a good atmosphere. It was a good atmosphere.
1: And I'll say this. February 3rd, Houston, Kansas, March 9th in H-Town. I, I, I don't, I'm i not a betting man, but I feel fairly confident Kansas will not shoot
2: 70% right March 9th in Houston. Uh, yeah, I agree with that. And that was the difference. I mean, just like every shot they shot it, yeah, it felt like it was going in. So that that, that home crowd, the home field advantage, the home court advantage, I should say, definitely paid a part. They just seemed comfortable. And, and you could tell. I mean, that's how it's tough for this pin kind of road. Houston would have to came out and play a really 40 minutes complete game to beat Kansas at home. So shout out to them. But like, I, I'm definitely still confident and whenever yelling overrated. I'm hearing other people in the crowd. They're like, man, we need to be quiet saying that because they're not overrated. And so it was a, it was mixed. So college kids were kind of saying that and the oven, but like, no, they're not overrated. So it was good to kind of talk with fans inside to kind of get their feel for basketball. And they were saying they weren't expecting to beat Houston how they did and kind of control the entire game. That's what some of the people I was sitting next to were, were kind of telling me. But the way they shot the ball today, it was going to be hard to beat them. I mean, Purphy F- uh, played well. McCullough, he, he played well. Um just that the scheme, the way that they were prepared, like I was telling um, last, last week when we talked about how they were going to attack the double team, the, the monster, they were prepared for it. I mean, they moved the ball well, got the extra pass, knew where the opening was going to be, and they made the shots. And so just credit to them. I think home court really, really propelled them to this victory today.
1: And, and I always laugh, excuse me, and I always laugh at fans chant the overrated chant because when you do that, then you are taking credit away from your team Right, right, okay. right, right. So, so what is the purpose of doing that? Kansas made shots today. Kansas shot 70%. I'm sure Kansas did not shot 70% very often this season. Okay, they have to do it today against the Houston Cougars. They won by 13. It's new to them. They still have, what, three losses in the Big 12, right? Just like Houston. So, okay, it, it's still a road loss for Houston. They'll be fine. They got Oklahoma State on Tuesday. Bounce back! I'm kind of curious to see what Coach Sampson's post game remarks will be. So look forward to the audio video sent to us momentarily. But Houston and rebounding was the biggest surprise because we've seen the Cougars miss shot before; they do that. But they were not able to rebound the miss in the first half. That was a big, big key. Their defense yeah, was disrupted. Yeah, oh, Go ahead.
2: Two
1: no, what I was going to say,
0: like they they were they put up 28 points in the first half. Over the course of the entire season, they've done similar things. It's not like their offense was just that bad. The difference was Chris, like you said, forty-three points given up to Kansas. Even the second half, they held on to thirty-five points. They ended up winning the period 37 to 35. But that at the end of the day, that's not what's good enough. And we heard it from Star Pizza when they started chanting the overrated chance. And right away, we were like, you know you get it from a fan perspective, especially Kansas. They're used to being the top 10 year in and year out. Houston has also been the top 10 for the past few few seasons. It's the first time that they've met over the course of the last few few seasons. But it's going to be interesting to see how these two teams, the game goes when they meet on March 9th at the Fertitta Center. But to build on those offensive struggles for Houston, we got to start with Jamal Shedd, who really struggled scoring the ball, which look back. A couple of days ago against Texas, it was a big reason why the Cougars were able to defeat the Longhorns in overtime. It was a night and day performance offensively from Jamal. Shed did a good job being able to find teammates, but he himself couldn't
1: put the ball in the basket. Yeah, Jamal had nine assists. A lot of those were in the second half because LG started making shots. Jamal did make shots today, and it, it could have been some of the length from McCuller and some of the Jayhawk players. But you know, Jamal makes tough shots today. He did make tough shots, so that's part of basketball as well. You know. LJ, 9 for 20 because he warmed up in the second half. But Emmanuel Sharp, 4 for 14. Jamal, 2 for 9. Malik Wilson took three threes, and one of them was a late in the shot clock three because of Kansas' good defense. But you did not want Malik Wilson taking three threes, more threes than twos. Kansas' defense, well started, well prepared. But again, the rebounding was huge in the first half, but Kansas, in all likelihood, I feel very confident they will not shoot 70%, maybe against anybody else the rest of this season, but they did it today, which is one of those things that I say all about the tournament. One time. It's not a series. It's one time. If the Coons and Kansas play in the championship game of the tournament, not the Big 12 tournament, but the tournament, the final four, the last game of the season, Cougs, you who said him, take one championship. <laughs> because it's just one and done. That's what happened today. Sweetie Kansas did a good job. They won ball game. They protected home court.
2: Yeah, Jamal, he was aggressive. I, I like his shot selection and his aggressive to get inside and get to his spots. But like Chris and you guys are saying, he, he kind of missed shots that he can't make. And he he makes tough shots. But I just got to give McCollus all credit for just watching it live and seeing his length and the way that they guarded him. I think he definitely did make it tough for Jamal, especially just inside the paint where he got inside from the free throw line inside just using his length and the way they loaded up on him. They, they really made it tough for him, but he still impacted the game. And that's still – he's not a scorer. Although he scored at a high clip, i still watching his game. He's not a, a – I wouldn't say – I guess he, his first priority isn't to score. I would say that. He, he can score. I don't want to preface by saying that. And so I don't think it, it, it disrupted Houston. It just – I think the other players needed to step up because of, they were so focused on stopping him. And J1, he played really well. They couldn't really have no answer for him. K.J. Adams couldn't guard him. No, really, nobody could really guard him. And he made key shots to, to kind of stem down um, the momentum. And I was wondering, Cole Sampson, he, he played Malik instead of Damian a lot of minutes tonight. Right. And Damian's shot-making, especially his jump shooting, Um, we thought would have been able to impact the game more, especially some of those shots. But to Malik's credit or Samson's credit, Malik was on the floor when Houston went on a little bit of run. I think I could lead down to 12 or 10. It was part, part with his defense, his effort. They were able to get deflections. They got a lot of steals tonight. I'm not sure the stats, the numbers, but just watching the game, they were able to get a lot of deflections, a lot of steals, and that helped them climb back into the game. But I mean, Houston just, I mean, Kansas just shot the ball too well today. I mean, it, it was yeah. not good shoot the ball like that today. You know, and
1: that's it, a, that's a, the nutshell, because the Jayhawks had 18 turnovers. Yep. But they still shot 70%. So the Cougs did well defensively in spurts, but Kansas still made 70% of their shots. That's not going to happen maybe 99 times out of 100, but it happened today. So, salute to Kansas making those shots. And it was a good, it was a mixture. Some were tough shots, but they still had, I think, 10 layups and three dunks. So, the backdoor cuts, which Deion and I talked about, is a way to beat Houston because they're so aggressive defensively. If you do move, you know, fake one way and go backdoor, you can't get some baskets like that. You know, and without Javier France and JoJo away from the bucket, because it kind of pulls them away from the rim sometimes, they were open for layups. They were not there for weak side help to contest those layup attempts. So Bill Self and his staff did a very good job of taking advantage of Houston defensively, but Kansas still made a lot of shots and had a lot of penobras, so it was a mixed bag for Houston.
0: Real quickly down before you go, I'd like to remind everybody that this is Let's Rage Coos presented by the Saxonian Family, yeah. the original Houston postgame show for each men's and football show, and like we said, the only postgame show that ever be retweeted or I guess reposted On X.com by head coach Kelvin Sampson. And of course, we are live. We mentioned some comments. There is some ambient noise. That is because we are live at the Star Pizza location at 77 Harvard Street. Mike Pan, before the show ends, so we can see we are in the dining room. So that's why there's a lot of uh, ambient noise. If you're wondering if you're just joining us and didn't necessarily know where we're live. It is from the Star Pizza location. So big props to Mike and Jennifer Pittman for setting all this up. Um, we've got the chance to enjoy appetizers. We, Chris and I, each had a deep dish pizza and we were well fed throughout the game. And we can never say thank you enough to Star Pizza. We have D Skills, aka Derek, who we I got to meet in person for the first time. So thank you, Derek. Uh, shout out live on the show um, for joining us here at Star Pizza. And it was just a good time being able to see the game, obviously, even though it went Houston, it did not go Houston's way. It was still a great opportunity. It's a great place just to be able to sit down and enjoy the game. Star Pizza with three locations across the Houston area. Star Pizza is your go-to stop before or after the game. And with that being said, I wanna bring up the comment from Rex32, who's had a couple, but he says he'll give UH some slack for be, for this being their first time at Allen Fieldhouse, once the teams get familiar with it in future seasons, it should be a less of a problem. And he talks about Damian Dunn, but we haven't talked about it. We gave props to Jojo Tugler, who had to come in and play a lot of minutes after Javier Francis went out early in that first half, and he only played four minutes in the game, which obviously, that's something that played a big factor in terms of Houston's
1: defense and specifically that first half, the struggles. Yeah you know, Javier's fall it was an ugly fall. And he hurt his lower back, so he did not play the rest of the game. But you could see more positive performances from, from JoJo. His future is so bright. He's improved you know, month to month, November to December, December, January. Now we're in February. He's getting better offensively and defensively. I'm not worried about this team. I'm not worried about JoJo. Again, I just go back to it. Kansas shot 70% from the floor today that is so rare but it happened today that it happens again i saw a comment from mark in the trail of elementary school. i do kind of feel bad for oak state this coming tuesday i told andy before we started the show i'll be shocked if oklahoma state scores 70 points on tuesday against houston you know it's had a stat doing this broadcast on the screen about houston's giving us 70 points in back-to-back games longhorns overtime game on monday But still, Oak State, if Oak State scores 70 on Tuesday, then maybe truly have some concern about the defense. That's not going to happen. Not happen. I put Deion's money on it. Oklahoma State is not scoring 70 on Tuesday.
2: Yeah, yeah. That's a good bet. I like that. I I agree with you 100%, Chris. I, I don't think they will. But I think it's a lot to learn from this game, especially with JoJo seeing him live for the first time, his length, his athleticism. His energy, his the way he plays the game, it definitely stands out. I think he definitely he, he looks the part out there with his activity as well. Um, I, I like what I've seen from him. The only thing watching him live when he catches it on, on the on the roll right there in the um in the post, especially when the mid float he gotta shoot his floater. He's too hesitant. He's catching it immediately looking to pass. One time he shot the floater and he missed it, but so what? Catch it and be aggressive, because that was almost daring the shooter. Once you catch right there in that mid post every under the free throw line, shoot to a floater or be aggressive, go in. But other than that, the way he rebounds and going out and, and tipping offensive rebounds and just his activity all the way around. I really, really like him. I think as he gets more comfortable, more confident on the offensive end and, and started can be able to exert himself offensively, then he'd be even ball. because right now he's playing a five and he he's really a, a four. But he has the length and the ability to play fire. But you could tell the the strength and the difference between him and Hunter and the size advantage. But Other than that, I mean, he he did really well. He held his own, and um, he he played well. I just think overall, I, I, I'm glad L.J. came alive like he did. I was literally watching the game like he's the one that we need to step up. He was the one that he definitely to his credit, he stepped up. But in previous games, I could help but think that's why Coach Sampson left him in the game even when he isn't making his shots. Because all it takes is one shot, and he can get hot just like that. Because I remember other previous shows that people were like, "Oh, Rocco Sam's maybe should have sat him," but that's why because he has the ability to go off like that. And, but I want him to at least be aggressive to see his yes. shot. Because even though he had it going, he was being hungry to score, and oftentimes he's not even hungry. It seems to score, and so to his credit, he had got it going and he started hunting his shot. But we need a little bit more of that from the jump. That way, Jamal can be with his natural self and fill in and not have to go for 20 points, shoot 15-plus shots, and just be able to kind of control the game and be able to get those clutch buckets whenever we need them in spur moments. I think that that would be the best role with him, also being the one option. But I think LJ, I'm glad he stepped up, but I just need more of that from him, in my opinion. I, I need more consistency of that. I'm not saying I have to go for 20-plus, it's just the aggression of looking to score and, and, and shooting the ball. That's what I want from him. Just be aggressive. Look for a good shot. Get in the paint. Be
1: aggressive. And get to the foul line more. But, you know, Jamal had an off-night shooting. That missed layup transition, that kind of took something out of him. But, hey, this is one of those bad shooting nights for Jamal still bounced back with the assist. They'll be fine. The Cougs are what six and three in Big 12 play. They'll be fine. It's the halfway mark of Big 12 conference play. The Cougs will be fine. I think Dayon, me, and Andy said Houston will probably lose five, five times the conference play, if not six. Okay, this this lost three. They might lose one or two more times the second half of this season. They'll still be fine. They're going to the tournament. No worries.
2: That
0: missed layup by Jamal Shed that you just referenced really summed up the kind of offensive performance that first half was for the entire game. Houston wasn't until A.J. Krier caught fire, but even Jawan Roberts, there's a couple of hook shots that just rolled in and out and offensive rebounds, they struggled. We mentioned going back to last season, Chelsea Thompson said one of the goals that Houston has is to get the offensive rebounds on half the shot that they missed. Well, Houston missed. Let's do the quick math 69 minus 25. That is third. That is four, 39. 44 34, 44 44 so 44 missed shots, and they only had 24 rebounds total. But offensive rebounds, specifically, if it loads, but do the math 24 total rebounds, 44 missed shots. They did not get exactly so, but. Obviously, big factor front players, very, very thin. But we mentioned Jamal Shed, zero rebounds in this game. Audrey Cryer only had one rebound himself. Emmanuel Sharp won. Malik Wilson, who played 12 minutes, zero rebounds. Damian Dunn, who we need to talk about, only played six minutes, zero rebounds. We know how important for Houston rebounding from the guard position is, and they just didn't do that in this game.
1: And that's part of it. You know, Emmanuel Sharp had had a good games on the board recently did not today. So that's something that they, Kansas made a point. You are not, you little guards, y'all aren't going to get rebounds. So again, KU had a good game plan, they executed it, all those things. They still shot 70% from the floor. 70 But they also out-rebounded Houston. You shoot, your opponent shoots better than you, and I rebound you, you're going to lose. And that's what happened
0: 13 offensive rebounds by Houston, by the way. So, yep, they they fell 30. Well, they fell a handful of rebounds
1: short of their goal. Like nine because he wants to get half of them. So, yeah. It was, it was Speaking well of, of missed
2: layups, one of the key missed layups in the game, when L.J. Cryer had it going, I, I forgot the, the sequence before, I think he may have made a shot. Houston got a stop. I believe the lead was down to maybe 11 or 12. And he got a great look at a right-hand layup. He just missed it. And as he was after that, KU you four straight points and the lead went back up to like 13 or 15 or something like that? If he makes that layup, leads down the line and mind, he used to continue. I think it was just cut clean moments like that. And one of the um, the kids that made the three that haven't scored, that you referenced, Chris, they had two um, bench players who, who, who made points. We talked about how they haven't had any production of the bench over the last couple games and so. I mean, you just really just crashed this up to this was their day at home. They were well prepared, and they were comfortable at home. But, I mean, I, I feel confident. It's still the same confidence that I had. Um, for Houston against KU, when they see them again, or if they see them in the Big 12 NCAA tournament. Agree You know, KU shot the
1: ball well. And the losses on the road, especially at UCF, they scored 60 points at UCF. They didn't shoot well. They shot spectacular today. Give them credit for that. Flip side, Kugel's missed some shots that they usually do make. And layup by Jamal does he missed a layup. Wide open layup, he was open by himself. Missed that. It's just one of those days for him. On a day for KU on the floor. KU won. shoot to them. Move on. Houston hosts Oklahoma State on Tuesday, 6 o'clock. Game is on uh, ESPN2. Who's yeah. to win? I think by a lot.
0: <laughs>
1: and reminding everybody, we are here at Star Pizza, 77 Harvard. But also... Our people, secondary sponsor, but also don't forget about our primary sponsor, Steve Tech best support always for SB. So thank you everybody for joining us as we are on location. You can tell what Andy and I Andy and I am and see what Dayon on is from his ride. So technology. We can do these things all because of technology. So you want to support as you can, because you got tournament coming up. As in the big club tournament. So get us up and get us to those info to help you
2: out there also. But thank you very much for watching this on site location of Best Rage Troops. Hey, quick question. because I didn't see a replay, and I'm sure they showed multiple replays on a TV broadcast. How did J1's, uh, not J1, JVR's file look?
1: He lands on his back, and we thought he landed on his head and his neck. But uh, there's a lower back injury, and no word, no further word of how serious it is or you know what ex- the extent of it. We'll find out, hopefully. So I have no idea if he'll play Tuesday or not. It, it probably won't be necessary. You no know, shade against Oklahoma State, but it probably won't be necessary for him to play Tuesday, but you never know.
2: We definitely missed him. We definitely missed him. Also to JoJo for staying out of foul trouble. He had to play extended minutes, and we counted on him. He was able to stay on the floor down the street.
0: <laughs> yeah, only three fouls, having a guard Hunter Dickinson. I mean, it was, ended up being good experience for him. He got thrown into the fire. He had to... Show out and hopefully it's a great experience for him. He's going to be here. Um, You would expect him to be here for a handful of more seasons in the future. So it's not going to be the last time that he has to play at Allen Fieldhouse or in that type of environment. So he's going to have some experience to be able to call back. I want to bring up this comment by Rex32. If Javier Francis is indeed injured, they are very thin in the front court. Jawan Roberts, Jojo Tugger, a lot of guards. Cedric Block be thrown into the fire and that's all the big man.
1: No. <laughs> no. I doubt it. I just I doubt it. I don't see Big Sid getting a lot of minutes, you know, especially early in games. I just no, I he's not ready for it in terms of, and by this I mean the sense of calling out plays, calling out high screen and roles. The five man has to do a lot of talking for the guards, where to go, how to rotate, all that stuff. And he's just not ready for that yet. Now, I understand the need. You say he's a body, and you just get him in there and be physical for a minute or two. Okay, beyond that, I think you'll see more Ramon Walker at the four up front. Said he is improving, yes, but I just don't see him getting a lot of minutes these last nine games in conference play if Xavier is out for any length of time.
2: A lot of minutes, No. Some minutes, yes. And I think with your Oklahoma State next is a perfect time to get him on the floor in a few minutes, whether it's six minutes, eight minutes in the game, because, I mean, having J-1 or JoJo play the entire game it's going to be hard because when you bring in Ramon to sit down and move um, J-1 to the five, J-1 still got to rest. You're going to have to rotate. 1 and JoJo's minutes, and so I think against an Oklahoma State, could you if Jay of uh, Javier is out, could you get in? Could he get in? I think so. I think not a lot of minutes, like Chris is saying, no. But some minutes, I think yes, I think he could. He could play two or three minutes, six minutes stretch, and be able to learn from those minutes. Then it depends on how he plays. And maybe can he can he carve out um, six or eight minutes, just depending on how long Javier is out. And so I think that's, that's something that it can happen. I think Oklahoma State is a perfect game for him to maybe get some spot minutes, where it's two minutes, four minutes, whatever the case may be.
1: We'll see. Cause I think Coach on Ramon more because of the experience.
2: No I agree, he's going to no, go no, no, more no four. I,
1: I think he might get said maybe two minutes in the first half and see what he can do, but the yeah, expectations from the fans, from the fans don't expect much from him. The defense will look different. It'll be different guys calling out the screens and the sets because that aspect of the, the game Sid is not ready for just yet. He will in time, but not this season. <laughs>
0: Also interesting, worth noting, too, another big that obviously redshirted, would not be ready, but Jake McFarland technically as well, too. I mean, maybe Cedric Lott, if they really need to go in handful of fouls, that could be uh, something. But no, I agree 100% with, with the two of you. Um, they're going to have to go small. It's honestly reminiscent to that 21-22 team. Similar situation. Obviously, they lost Terrence Arsenal already to season-ending injury with his Achilles and obviously, we don't know to the extent how serious the injury will be with uh, Javier Francis. But uh, Ramon Walker, he only played four minutes in this game. But he's most definitely going to be someone that's going to be thrust into that position because, like the two of you alluded to, that experience comes into play. And, and I mean, at this point, he's going to be the best one that's that's available left Where if you had to compare between Cedric Lott and Ramon Walker. I also want to bring up this comment from Raun. HD. He says, let me acknowledge one thing. Kansas played with a giant chip on his shoulder. We were ranked higher. Correct. We were betting favorites, which before the game we were talking about it, Chris. I I was personally surprised that they were Houston was favored only one and a half point favorites, but still at Allen Fieldhouse. And I was, there was a lot of last minute buzz in favor of Houston and Kansas played like it, like they had a point to prove and they came out really locked in and never looked back. Well, Houston only led for 13 seconds in this game and the rest of it was all Jayhawks. So they, I agree 100% with Raun H.D.'s comment. The Jayhawks definitely played with something to prove.
1: Something to prove and want to protect home court. And I'm sure Coach Self or the coaching staff, whatever, said, hey, folks have that team favored to beat us here on our court in our house. Are we going to let that happen today? No, Coach. No, we're not. We're going we're gonna to prove to them we're the best team in the Big 12. Well, they got it done. They played with that big old boulder on their shoulder today and got it done. And to add to it, they shot 70% from the floor. I'm sure Coach Self would say, I did not expect that to shoot 70% versus Houston. But we did today. We made shots and got the win.
2: Yeah, I mean, you said it right, Chris. I mean, I, I really must second everything that you just said, 100%. I mean, that the way that they shot the ball, I think all of that was motivating factor. He's dead on with that comment. I think they used all of that as motivation. And their role players, I mean, really shot the ball. All of their starters were in double figures, except Harris, I think. And he, he had a good complimentary game. He didn't really do too much, but just kind of run their offense and get them in the sets other than that. I think hey, they just shot the ball too well. I mean, it, it, it was their day. You could just tell. They shot the ball too well. They were comfortable yeah. at home. I think all of their stuff played a factor. I, I, I agree
0: with that for sure. That comment from Day on sums it up perfect. It was just Kansas's day. We do need to talk about Damian Dunn, who, similar, only played six minutes, shot one basket, missed it, 0 for 1. But I don't know if it's something where in a game like this, where it, it obviously was a big game heading into it. Just look at the buzz and excitement around it. But it was really only, especially once Francis got injured, five players that Kelvin Sampson rode with. Those are the, the starters and JoJo Tugler. Malik Wilson, I would say much more out of necessity than anything else, played 12 minutes.
2: My but look I at it. Jamal choice, shed, 38 minutes. minutes.
0: LJ Cryer, 33. Jawan Roberts, 38. Emmanuel Sharp. Thirty-one, Tugler, thirty-four, and then after all of them, Malik Wilson, twelve points. Damian Dunn, which I think it, we can agree, that's the most surprising. Only six minutes. Ramon, four minutes, and then obviously Francis with the injury, only four.
1: No, and and Deion said it right. Trust. Coach does not trust da- Damian yet. Yet, Damian still has time to build that trust. And and maybe we don't know this, but maybe Damian did not practice well this week. You know, Coach Sampson has said he rewards guys who practice well. So if Damien did not practice well, we, that's on him. We don't know that, but that's one thing we can, based on what Coach has said, he gives guys who practice well minutes in games. Coach Sampson is in charge. Damian did not play well. A comment from Dean Lopez about never showing big games prior and done. Baylor fans know that's not true. <laughs> For LJ Cryer specifically. You know, LJ helped them win a championship but Damian Dunn did not play a lot of minutes. Malik Wilson, Coach Sampson's kind of going back and forth with Malik and Damian almost game to game about who he's going to give the minutes to. I trust Coach Sampson for whatever reason. If the players are not doing their part in practice, I don't want to just give the minutes. They don't deserve it. So that's on the players to earn playing time. We'll see what happens on Tuesday regarding Damian Dunn's minutes, Malik Wilson's minutes against Oklahoma State.
2: I agree with you, Chris. But in my opinion, I think Coach Sampson is holding him back. I agree. I trust him. I agree with everything you said. Just in my opinion, I think Coach Sampson is holding him back. You got He got it. He, he, them shots that Malik shot today, LJ, I mean, not LJ, Damien could make those shots. And you would expect for them to go in because they open shots. And so, I mean, like you said, everything you said, I agree with. Like maybe he practiced well. And so, no disagreements for me. But just in my opinion, I think Coach Sampson is holding him back because I think if he played more minutes, he could produce more offensively, and that's what Houston needs. They need somebody to put the ball in the bucket. Emmanuel will give him his credit in the first half. They was attacking uh, was guarding him, and he did a good job of kind of keeping Houston afloat. Second half, like the comment said, LJ just came alive too late. He got to be there from start to finish, not necessarily making shots, but being aggressive. And I think Damien is someone who can help with that. In the half-court sit, when you got to execute against the defense, sometimes you need to drop a play to get somebody who can beat their matchup, and he's a player that can beat somebody one-on-one on the matchup and put the ball in the hole, and he can catch and shoot. I mean, and so, in my opinion, I mean, I think this would have been a better game from Damian to get those minutes, because he could have stretched the floor, he could have made shots, and that's what Houston needed in my opinion.
0: But, yeah. I was going to say it's a little bit of a double-edged sword, because to, to play under Kevin Sampson as a player, you have to be mentally tough. And coming from Temple, obviously, we don't know the day-to-day offers or whatever, how they ran it in Temple, but Damien's touched on it himself. For the course of the season, Calvin's big time touched on it, even mentioned it specific after some post-game pressers. But, Chris, to your point, maybe he didn't have the best week of practice. Again, that's speculation we don't necessarily know. There's definitely some level of trust that's not there yet when it comes to just playing six minutes in, in this game. And, Dan, I agree 100% in terms of Damien Dunn. Is a player that can help, and especially in those shots, you could count on him, rely on him to be able to hit him more often than not. But it, as of now, February 3rd, which we still have about five weeks until the start of the Big 12 tournament, six weeks until the start of the NCAA tournament. So there's still plenty of time for Damian Dunn to be able to figure it out and for, for both sides, for Kelvin Sampson to, to have trust in Damian Dunn. But maybe that could be something mental, too, where I mean, Damian Dunn for his entire collegiate career, maybe he hasn't been used to the level of expectation. And it, and it is, like I said, a double-edged sword because if you don't play up to the standard, Kelvin Sampson's not going to play you. And sometimes it that not every player adjusts to it in the exact same way. And some players take a lot longer than others to get comfortable in that type of environment. And, I mean, not saying that this is done, but I, I'd imagine there's some players that they just can't adjust to it.
1: And
2: the thing like yeah is- okay I think before you go, Chris, I, I want to add on to it. I think maybe that could be a factor, but also I think this is the first time in his college career what he's having to battle playing his inconsistent minutes and not be allowed to be kind of catch his rhythm and know on any given like on a game to game basis he has a role and he can impact the game. I think that's something that also that could play. Uh, that could be affecting him, along with the things that you mentioned. I think that, that's true as well. But I think that's another um, way to, to look at it, and I think that's impacted him also.
1: Yeah, I, I think all of us are, are touching on it because the thing is Coach Sampson may not trust Damian completely, but at the same time, Damian provides a skill set that other players on the team do not have. Mm-hmm. And at times – I think and I agree with Dayon at times I do, you know, post will say to us if you he heard us watching the show right now, guys, I know coaching that's but more than y'all do. So it's our opinion. I do think he should play Damian Moore. I do believe he should trust Damian Moore to get let Damien get fouls, get to the free throw line, get some easy points for Houston. But Coach Sampson has not a lot this season. I hope that the rest of the season he does trust Damien more and allows Damien to get more minutes and more opportunity to get easy opportunities for points. We'll see. But one shot attempt, and he, that was it pretty much? That's hard on a player to uh, produce you yep. only only getting six minutes in a game. Yep. Uh, no, I don't know. No, no, that wasn't. No. He didn't have a mindset of starting when he chose to come here. No. I, I I trust me on that one. I I pretty that's trust me on that one. I will just leave it at
2: that. Yeah, I, I I I mean I don't know about that, but I think remember he was, got certain into the starting lineup early, so I think maybe never a mindset to start, but the mindset of at least being able to heat. Well, uh, I don't want to say guaranteed, but kind of told that he. I don't even want to say told. That's consistent. is a type to be like, you got to earn everything here. I believe that, and so, but I do think maybe somewhere that he he thought that he would be able to get consistent minutes and be able to to at least hoop. He ain't really yeah. being allowed to hoop. I
1: agree, and that's that's the best way to put it. I think he thought he'd get consistent minutes, and he has not yeah. gotten it. Just, yeah. Let's just leave it at that.
2: Yeah.
1: Let's wrap it up, man. We're we're good. Almost we almost there.
0: Yeah. We've, we've already touched on it. next game, Oklahoma State. Then they play at Cincinnati a week from today, Saturday, and then they get a little bit of break. No, no in week game, Valentine's week. So Houston gets a, a well, they kind of on the horizon, a little break from, from the Big Twelve schedule upcoming. Chris, you're very confident that Houston's going to be able to not only bounce back from this game, their defense is going to recover when it comes to, like we said in the graphic that the ESPN broadcast showed where they, they've allowed the last two opponents to score 70 points or more after not doing that at all in the first 19 games of the season. But when it comes to Oklahoma State, really focusing much more on Houston, what's the big thing that you're going to be looking forward to when it comes to that
1: uh, date against the Cowboys? Well, they won it home today. At Kansas State, surprising, I'm sure, Wildcat fans. Hope State is so young. They're the youngest team in the conference. I want to say Coach Boyden's team has six freshmen on his squad this year, which is rare in, today, in college basketball today to have so many freshmen and not, good, not a, going to the portal and get to some veterans and, you know, guys like that. So they may be getting better, playing better. But the style of play that they have, the inexperience they have, I think today's game aside, Houston at home, Defense is going to cause Oak State problems. They got a freshman point guard. That right there should be a problem for, for him against Houston's defense. The Cougs will be locked in. It's up to Houston to get the job done. I'm saying it very easily because I'm not playing, but they got to go ahead and get the job done. But, yes, I Oklahoma State will not score more than 70 points on Tuesday. They might struggle to get 60, but they will not score more than 70 on Tuesday.
2: I'm looking for Houston half court offense. I just want to, even That's when you get down to too. the big, twelve tournament, the NCAA tournament, the game slows down. Referees allow you to play more through contact, and it's often about who can beat their man, who can who can win their matchup. And so I'm looking on a half court. How can Houston continue to produce offense? Who who is stepping up? I mean, is it who who is it? But, I mean, I'm looking for a role player. Is it Damian Dunn going to get those minutes? Can Ramon add a little bit more? I think he can. I think he can stretch the floor. He can defend his position and, and be able to not be a lot building. So, I'm looking for the offense. I'm watching the offense. The defense is going to be there. I agree with everything Chris is saying. I have low expectations as well. But offense is the name of the game. Putting the ball in the bucket is the name of the game. And Houston needs scores. I mean, LJ stepped up late in that second half, but we need more consistent aggression offensively from LJ Choir,
1: in my opinion. Real quick, no word on, on uh, Javier Francis regarding the lower back. So no status update just yet.
0: That's the, that's definitely going to be something to keep an eye on. Um, I want to bring up Rex 32's comment one more time because it honestly goes along as we're here again, live on location from Star Pizza. He says Big 12 has been Fun so far, night and day difference from a season ago where obviously in January we had that upset where Temple came into the Fertitta Center, beat Houston, and then when they played again in Philadelphia, it was like, oh, whoa, whoa, turned out to be a Houston blowout. Obviously Memphis was always a game that was like this, but 6-3 and three so far in Big 12 play. Every road game has been a street fight not to to steal that goal from Kellen Sampson, but it literally has been like that. There have been no easy road games so far in the Big 12, and as I, we look at the screen here inside of Star Pizza, Duke, North Carolina, playing. North Carolina leads that game, but for Houston to be a part of that slate, the, the big-time main event slate that was college basketball yeah. today, you said you're not used to it yet. It's, it's really, you know, obviously, the result wasn't what Houston fans wanted, but it's nice to be able to get a chance to reflect it Houston and Kansas was part of the main event lead-in to North Carolina-Duke, and this is not going anywhere. This is going to be for years to come. Even in the broadcast, they promoted Houston-Kansas, the, the Mexico City game that they're going to have on in December later on this year, but this is a big time for Houston basketball in the Big 12, and it's not going anywhere. It's here to stay. That's going to be the uh, that's life for Houston now. And that's the perfect way to phrase it as we, as we look at North Carolina and Duke on the big screen here at Star Pete.
1: And, and, and as an old UAE alum, I want Andy to understand and realize it how, to me, it's, it's a big deal that, yes, ESPN not promoted as much as the Duke Carolina matchup, but the triple header. Houston Cougars men's basketball was part of ESPN's triple header today leading into Duke, Carolina, then followed by Tennessee, Kentucky. The younger alums or the students at UH right now enjoy this because, trust me, this was some dark, dark times in basketball for a lot of years. So to see Houston men's basketball on the national landscape is just another testament to the job Coach Kelvin Sampson and his staff have done in these 10 years.
2: agreed, uh, I was able to see a few games in half fines before it was renovated and who scary hours. And so uh, I like the new expectation. I, I like the, the where Houston basketball is. but like Chris is saying, don't take it for granted, appreciate it, support it, continue to build on it. and can Houston build a tradition at home to be able to have a home point advantage in the Center like they've been doing since it's been open? I think so. So I I love the fans keep coming out, keep supporting and I think the the, the basketball program will continue to be relevant for a long time.
0: Well, with that being said, that's pretty much going to wrap things up. This is the second ever live show for Let's Rage Cube. The first since uh, so far not a good record at live shows owing (laughs) to the first since 2022 after the Elite Eight game when obviously Houston lost to Villanova and in, in a game that Houston struggled offensively much more in that one than this one where they only put up 45 points against the Wildcats in the Elite Eight matchup. But we, of course, can't say thank you enough again to Mike Pitt, Mike and Jennifer Pittman for really setting this all up, allowing us, giving us this corner here at Star Pizza Um, which again we mentioned at the beginning thank you guys for each and every single one of you guys that took time out of your Saturday evenings to be able to be a part of this episode of Let's Rage Crews and helping us out when it came with audio technology issues at the beginning of the show if you guys hadn't helped us out we wouldn't have been able to fix it so hopefully you guys were able to enjoy this show and hopefully this is the beginning of a handful of more live shows up throughout this season and and beyond because of course Let's Rage Crews the original post-game show for Houston Cougars men's and football shows after each and every single show. And, of course, I just got to throw it out there again, the only post-game show to ever be retweeted by Kelvin Sampson. But, of course, we also like to say thank you to Steve Saxinian and the Saxinian family for being the primary sponsor of not only this episode of Let's For Each Cougs, but each and every single other episode of Let's For Each Cougs this men's basketball regular season. Final score from Lawrence Kansas, the first time the Houston plays at Allen Fieldhouse. Now Kelvin Sampson still chasing that, el- that elusive win at Allen Fieldhouse. But the Kansas, the eighth-ranked Kansas Jayhawks take it, 78-65. to Google Lump says you got it fixed, so props to you guys and to start pizza. So now thank you guys. You guys helped us out fixing it in real time. Chris, I'll hand it over to you.
1: Any final things you want to say? And then, Deion, you get the final word. Salute to our fans for your assistance. And, and your patience for helping us helping us that, with that and, and waiting for us to be to iron out the kinks with audio issues, learning with this going forward. But like I always say, onward and upward. Salute to Kansas. Salute to Kansas for their 70% shooting. I doubt they do that again this season. The Cougars learned some things today in this 78-65 loss. We'll see you guys this coming Tuesday after the houston Oklahoma State game. 6 o'clock starts, so... Let's Rage Cougs, will be around 8 30, 8 45. You no, know, assuming no overtime. But join us for that. Follow me at Houston Round Bar Review on YouTube, Threads, TikTok, Instagram, and Spoutable. As always, I like saying it the Houston Round Bar View since 1994. Local name, global perspective.
2: And of course, you can find me on all social media platforms at Dayan Dunlap. It was great supporting the Hughes on the road in the legendary Allen Fieldhouse. I appreciate the hospitality from the Kansas fans. I look forward to continuing to cover this team and being alongside you guys after each game throughout the rest of this season. And I think I will be able to make that Longhorns game in Houston in a couple weeks. So look forward to seeing you guys then. And maybe we can do the show. I'm seeing side by side. We'll, f- we'll figure that out and talk offline. But it's always great for the support, being alongside you guys. Appreciate everyone who joined us. As always, baby, go Cougs.